Alright, we needed a break. Okay? We needed a break. I... I... Actually, let me move my bag, mic back. Sorry, it was peeking really hard there. Alright, trying again. Hey, hey, Spencer. Hey, Spencer. Really good cold open what? you got going. Really good cold open you got going <laughs> no. here. Okay, really well thought out. The plans. gang goes to Philadelphia. We needed a break, okay? I'm sorry, but after watching Family Guy, The Cleveland Show, and American Dad for months at a time, a season a week, we were losing it. We needed a break. We needed to watch a good TV show. So we watched a good TV show. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. The gang goes to Philadelphia. All right, roll the opening credits. That was that was the cold open. We talked about it's always sunny in a Philadelphia season one. It's great. This is a really fitting open yeah. opening for this show. Considering we're recording, yeah, because um, it's cringe. Because it's I so to cringe. Was, regardless of our opinions on this show, on this season of television. It's always nice when you get to a, a, the first season of a TV show. It's like, this is a new show. We got a lot to talk about. It's just, the first season is a nice, simple seven episodes. Yes. Yeah, it's like that with Family Guy. It was like that with Alan Gregory. It was like that with American Dad. And it's it's like that with this. And it's it's good to have short first seasons. I I, yeah. I always approve. Yeah, more, because, you know, more seasons of television should be eight episodes. Um, I understand why you're not trying to always cater to people who have podcasts, but, you know, try to cut us a little bit of slack here. It's also to, you know, ease people in, you know? Yeah. Right, yeah. So, uh, let's go over our personal histories with the show first. Ty, what's your history with the show? Uh, I mean, uh, same as normal. I watched it a bit when it was on, you know, just, like, flipping around channels. I watched it a bit in college with, like, some dirtbag friends. I... I mean, I just, I watched it a bit on my own when I was, like, getting into really good comedy TV. It's just... Yeah. I watched it in every permutation of watching the show you could watch it in. And I liked yeah. it all the time. Uh, myself, I personally, um, my friends were really into it, so in high school I just sat down and started watching it. Loved it pretty much instantly, and it's one of the very few shows I've seen basically every episode from. Yeah. Andy, you haven't seen it at all, right? My introduction to this show was us having a mental breakdown in Cleveland Show Season 1, Part 1, and then Spencer saying, season let's do Always one. Sunny Season 1. And... Uh, <laughs> it's been a long couple Shut months. Up. <laughs> season 2, Part 1. Um, yes. <laughs> Alright. Um, so, no, but um, I've seen clips. Cleveland show part I've seen a two, bunch of clips. <laughs> God. God. You suck. <laughs> you, also did this show. you just suck, Ty. You I just know. fucking suck. I'm sorry. <laughs> also did this shit last week. Yeah. <laughs> and it worked there, but I don't want this to be a bit, okay? Alright. Okay. Um... Alright, so so but um I've too, seen though. clips. This, the thing is I wanna <laughs> The thing is <laughs> Nobody's gonna find this fucking funny. Yeah. Uh Get her ass. The the thing is about this show is I feel like it's it's not quite to the same extent because she's seen way more of that than uh, I have of this. But it's kind of like how Ty, one of those persons who hasn't watched religiously, we sat down and watched all the first eight seasons of The Simpsons or any movie, and so or... they see this a thing. Everyone, well, no, it's more that like it's a thing you see referencing. It's not like like saying like even something like you know South Park or something. This is like the A list like popular quoted and referenced. T- tv show yeah 
And I have not seen basically any of it until now. It does yeah. feel a bit more indie than Simpsons just because, like, Simpsons was the biggest oh, thing yeah. on TV and this is kind of, like, a more niche thing for, like, comedy nerds. And douchebags. Yeah. Both. And also but, this is way yeah. lower budget than Simpsons. Yeah. But, you know. Well, it gets higher budget later, but, yeah, yeah. this season in particular is very, like, literally... All of the episodes take place in the bar, so they had to, you know, pay for, like, one set, and then occasionally Charlie's apartment. They, 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 this is... Part of why I really like this season so much, I think, is because it does have this really scrappy quality to it. Yeah. Where, like, it, it's not quite to the extent of, like, the infamous pitch that they made, where they literally just filmed the script they had, and then they just took the VHS around to, or the DVD around to various, like, TV stations. But th- there's this really kind of, like... We had no money quality to this. That's really charming and kind of inspiring, yeah. honestly, since you just see some really funny people make a TV show together. Yeah, which is why I think it was good. So we talked about that. I don't know if it made it in the last episode, but we talked a little bit about it, like just the three of us. And and uh, Spencer brought up the fact that it was originally supposed to be in LA, like set in LA, uh, but it event like they couldn't make that work. But I, I really do think that like th- there is something really innate to Philly, or at least like the public conception of Philly, where it's just like it's like it, it feels like a low budget city. I mean, it's a cheap city, but it also there's. When, when it's you think a very of, cozy and like small city, not but a lot also of when you think, yeah, but also like when you think about Philly, like you think about dirtbags. I feel like like that. Yeah. That's yeah, and it's, I, it's I the think Rocky that city. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that there is a type of asshole that these characters are where it could have worked in LA. You know, when they're vain and they're you know kind of working on schemes, and I, I think I mean obviously could have could have worked in New York considering all the asshole podcasters. But, but I mean, yeah. but I mean, you could, out there like fungus. Well, it was 2005, so podcasts weren't super, but I mean, yeah. like, like, I know, we'll but get, just like, in general. Yeah. Well, look, I, I could see this being like a scripted version of like Vanderpump rules, but they, there's something about Philly that makes every, everything feel like so much more, yeah, scrappy and like dirt baggy and, and just kind of shitty and cheap. Which I think really works for it. Also, about L.A., this is just a side thing for me and Andy, but one of the McPoyles is in uh, Under the Silver Lake, Andy. Is that the one with so, uh, Andrew uh, Garfield or whatever? Yeah. Yes, that movie's yeah. great. I've heard about it's it. a great movie. But the thing I want to say about this is that, like, I think what ties me in, I've been to Philly. I haven't been yeah. super much. I just went on vacation for a week. It is the least East Coast feeling city of all the East Coast cities, which is basically every major city from boston to dc philly feels different from a lot of the other east coast cities it feels it, yeah it, it doesn't feel like it has as much of like a, a, a it does have like kind of a legacy but it doesn't have quite as much of a stick up its own ass yeah it's not yeah. quite as northeastern it's just a, from it's just my a, recollection like... and it's also not it's also not inhabited by psychopaths like dc is yeah it's literally like if someone said let's make a city but for guys like yeah like for dudes <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I think we'll just go. I'm going to keep the viewers in suspense because and partially because uh, Ty and I don't know what Andy thought of this season. So we're going to keep we're going to keep that in suspense. So I want to just start off. Ty, what did you think of this season? Just broadly. I, I am on record. I love this show. It's very it's I'm not as like, I think, fervent about it as you are, Spencer, but I love the show. I think that you could definitely tell in this season that they were finding their footing. Yes. Because I, I think, and this is something that we, we have gone in on like family guy about sometimes, but th- there is a point in later seasons where all of the characters feel more 
cartoonish than they do now feel less maybe not less fully realized but definitely like less bound to like the reality of actual like realistic characterization where i think yeah. the show really reaches kind of like a like a weird insane that sounds so stupid it reaches like a it, re- it reaches like a a kind of alien sociopathic brilliance and i don't think they're there yet because like yeah these you can these are still all recognizably like people who are shitty but are still like ha- have at least like the the have a baseline decency that I think the show needs to jettison before it's really like the fun yeah. stuff. I, I I did take notes that this show, having seen later seasons, this is the show not not fully dialed up to eleven yet. Like the DNA is there, but like what later seasons have is that it takes all these elements and just pushes them to extremes, and then pushes those extremes even further. I'll go and say that I really like this season. It's yeah, probably I like the it, weakest sure. one. But it is, I, I think it's pretty fantastic. Um, I laughed pretty hard in a lot of episodes. Yes. But, um, I think but, that... Sorry, let me just say that I definitely, like, I was talking about some flaws in that. This is still a hilarious season of television. Yeah, it's really funny. There are so many great lines. Part of what makes it so good, like, you are right that it took a while for these characters to, like, really, like, the show to find its footing, but the actors were um, keyed into this show almost immediately. And, like, even if they're not at, like, the fever pitch they were in later seasons, they are, like, I don't know, this is just, like, a once-in-a-lifetime group of com- comedic talent. So The performances are like, great, <laughs> even if they're not the same characters that they play in later seasons. Yeah. Like, yeah. there was this moment where, like, Charlie just goes in for a hug with the waitress <laughs> in one episode that just fucking killed me. No, I think oh. <laughs> harder than anything else in this season I laughed at uh, in the second to last episode where they're sitting in the museum and the, the curator says, as soon as you leave, I'm going to call the cops. And there's the profile view of Mac and Charlie, like, tenting their fingers and just nodding. Yeah, yeah, no, the, everyone is so keyed in to their characters already. Glenn Howerton yeah. just eats up his role so yeah. well. Yeah, no, no it's I would, kind I would of argue remarkable. That I, I think Dennis is the most changed uh, from here to later yeah. seasons. Yeah, but even then, like, Dennis has, like, an idea of, like, the type of, like, shithead he wants to be. Yeah. So, or, like, Glenn Howerton. Um, yeah, that's... So, really, thing. everyone... They, they, yeah. they are not, they're not playing the same characters they play later, but you can see those characters in them the whole time. Yeah. And again, I really can't stress this enough. The four of this, these four, and later Danny DeVito on the show, but these four yeah. are, like... Four of the most talented comedic actors Extremely we're going to see in our lives. Yeah. And they, they're they just, oh God, it's so good. So I, I've kept you in suspense long enough. Andy, what did you think of these seven episodes? So let's let's start with this. It has been a while, a long fucking while, since I have seen a first episode, the opening episode of a TV show that hits you like a fucking yeah. shotgun blast, like yes. the yeah. gang gets racist does. Yeah. It is a full, it is a thesis statement. Yeah. yeah. It's, and honestly, didn't quite click with me as much as I was I was. Oh, hoping. no. The, the, the first episode. No, hold on. Okay. The, uh, the other episodes, as the show went on, I liked it more. But I feel like the first episode was a bit, it was a little too strong. I understand why they went. But uh, especially the um the, They do the drop the literal and, N-word. And the, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's not. It's 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 more just like the pacing and and the, the how much like the late. I feel like they should have focused. Like I know it connects well in the end, but I feel like they 
I'll save it for the second half. But um, okay. I, I, the gun episode, I think, was really good. And again, I was chuckling and laughing. And I, but my my oh, I, I I focused a bit too much. So let me let me just say this: this is a good season of television. I fucking get it. I I especially by the end. I, of this season, it won me over. I'm just saying, wow. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, so truly outstanding. To, to go in a little more specific details, Charlie's a fucking perverted loser. Uh, <gasps> God bless him. Okay, and Ty, let's try to be nice, just because we know. No, we, yeah, Andy right. doesn't know where these characters go. So he, he, I think he well, is they, a creep. Yeah, they do a bunch season. of. Yeah. Oh, they 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 drift away from that. That's good. He's still a stalker, but like it's a different yeah. breed of stalker. Oh. Charlie in later so goes, seasons is okay. less like a pervert and more like a wild animal in a human body. Yeah. Well, He's like Philadelphia Tarzan. This also goes into a thing yeah. that I know for later seasons because fucking Mac and Dennis are a really strong duo this yeah. whole season. Yeah. They are oh, no. back to back. And I know later on they pair Charlie with Frank a lot. Yes. So I think yeah. the problem with Charlie in this season is that he doesn't really have his, anyone to super play off. Yeah. Mac and Dennis are great. Dennis, I think, is my favorite. Like, I, 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 <laughs> Dennis. Is... Um, Dennis gets so yeah. much more, I'll just say, evil as it goes on. Like, I remember... Within a couple of seasons, yeah. Dennis will be talking about how his, his strategies for rape. Yeah. The, yeah. Dennis is like... <laughs> Dennis, yeah. okay, I just want to say that, like, Dennis is one of the, probably one of the trickiest tonal tightrope walks in, yeah. like, any oh, character sure. ever, because they have to make him, he's basically if Glenn Quagmire was handled well. It, it, it's sort yeah, of like, He yeah. kind of has the same, like, energy that, like, Willem Dafoe does in, in Streets of Fire, or, like, yeah. the first time. Like, just thinly veiled psychopath, but also, yeah. like... I am a responsible person. I am. I am competent. Yeah. More yeah. Than he is a social, and I like that yeah. a lot. Yes, Mac <laughs> is. I also really like Mac. I like Mac. I feel like is the perfect balance between Charlie and and Dennis. Like he is. He's he's still like roughly likable protagonist dude, <laughs> but he's also still dumb meathead guy who goes along with all of the bad ideas and yeah. often encourages they, them. They, um, have, they have not really started the main Mac joke in the first season, which is that Mac is queerly, flamingly a homosexual man. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Mac, okay, they've hinted it a little bit in the last episode, but like, yeah. they, they like haven't really figured out and, that Mac is very obviously gay. Yeah, and the bit in the episode and, that you're doing, right? Uh, yeah. Charlie is cancer, so, yeah, which we'll get to. Yeah. Let's talk about D. Let's talk about D. Um, Sweet D. D is interesting. I, I like her. You think at first that she's like, no, she's not better than them, but I think it is. Yeah. She's not as psychotically ambitious. She doesn't look for for trouble to get into. She is just, but she is perfectly willing to commit to awful things to do when they are yeah. placed in front there, of her. There's something that this that, show does that I think sometimes works and sometimes doesn't where Sweet D is in a lot of ways the moral center of the group until it runs up against like her immediate desires yes. and then she folds. I, yeah. which, I think I also think, the, the thing this season also made a lot of, and I don't know if they keep with that, she's basically the only good person at her job this season. Yeah, the, what the, D is that, like, I think they kind of wanted early on, that I guess they envisioned her as kind of like the straight man, basically. Yeah. But, like, even, like, early, like, in the season, they have her getting in on the high things. <laughs> oh, no, sure, but she's, yeah. she's constantly, like, I feel like the, uh, the they're constantly going, either, like, we, she should be doing, the, the guys are constantly going, she should be doing work so we don't have to, or 
she's constantly asking for help and they're not getting well, it to her. But I, I'm not saying Dee is, like, a good person even, but I yeah. am saying that, like, she's got her shit together more in this, I think, is clearly what what they're going So, for. later, in later seasons, Dee, I mean, Dee retains a lot of, like, who she is in this season, like, you know, the kind of desperate, sweaty, like, romantic in her. But she also, in a big way, becomes the gang's Meg. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. yeah, she becomes okay. the game's Meg, but it doesn't sting because she also, like... She's also a bad She deserves sense, it. Yeah, her, her sense of humanity slowly starts to drain away. And I'm oh. assuming Danny DeVito fits the role of Chaos Monster Peter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, kind of. Later, he and Charlie... Later. Because, Char- I, I, yeah. like, everything I know about Danny DeVito is that he is the least trying to pretend to be a good person. It's just like, I'm a monster. I can do whatever I want. Who gives a shit? In the beginning, I look like this. In the beginning, like, when he's introduced, he has a bit more sympathetic qualities, but when the character really takes off is when he just, yeah, becomes full chaos mode. Yeah, okay. and when he and Charlie, yeah. like, get together, that spurs development for them, since basically they, they start living a lifestyle that can only be described as, like, cave person. They, they were playing that a little bit with Charlie, like, every time yeah. they would go to Charlie's apartment, someone would comment, wow, this is a fucking, this is a shitty apartment. You yeah. You, Take it gets worse. <laughs> oh, I know. Uh, so, Ty, I have a question for you. Um, Go for it. About Danny DeVito, how much is his absence felt here? Um. Well, it's tough. In in retrospect, I definitely did feel it. That it is. I mean, not entirely, but it is a different show without Frank there. Yeah. I mean, Frank adds a kind. Of, I mean, even when he's a chaos monster, he has a kind of like el- you know elder energy. He he is the only person with like a different life experience really than the gang, and that does change yeah. like how they interact with the world. But yeah. I, I feel like that's kind of prescribing in revert like. When this was made, like, Frank was not a glint in the eye of the show, and I think, I, so I, I really don't think you can say his absence was felt, well, because he, it, the show was not built with him in well, mind, you the know? The thing yeah. is, I, this might be because I've seen clips from later seasons, and that is, but I kind of feel like a lot of times, Charlie's just by himself. Like, Charlie's just off on yeah. his own this season. And, yeah. And if I'm able to pick up on that, I think that does say something. I, I think that, so, I do feel the absence a bit, but I was really surprised at how well they, like, how well Artie is without Danny DeVito. Like, I feel yeah. like, even if they never got him, I think the show could have survived and yeah, been a for really sure. good show. But it, it is a different yeah. show, and I think that that is pretty yeah. clear. Yeah, it becomes more wild with him, and despite being, like, the most, like, re- reputable actor on the show, he plays it like he has absolutely nothing to lose. He bit a yeah, man no. that's nose off in Batman Forever or Returns. Yeah, like he's he's already well, done no. something. He knows what that. Like, no, yeah. Andy, that yeah. was fictional. Yeah, this... yeah, I know, but I'm saying like, he's already <laughs> played pretty psychotic. Psycho yeah. But this is this is different. This is like I don't know. This feels like you're debasing yourself more than playing the Penguin. I don't um, know. You haven't seen Batman Returns in a while, but that's fair. Nuts. I, I don't know. It, it, you'll get it later, but like he basically plays the role like someone, how like someone who has never acted before would play it. That's and I mean good. that in a good way. So I wanted to also say that 
with like a few exceptions, the episodes are absurdly well structured already. Like, the way they kind of weave the A and B plots together, um, that's partially because we're used to Family Guy on the Cleveland show, where they don't do that well, but they really do, like, have a way to, like, have all these characters chart their own territory through the two stories and have them cohere together in really satisfying ways. I think the first episode was a little, like, it, it came together well, but I think they were a bit too separate for most of it, whereas the other episodes, I think, uh, did it much tighter. So. Yeah. I think the gang finds a dead guy is a bit shaggier than some of the other episodes, yeah. but largely I do think the structure is pretty solid. I, I think yeah. Charlie has yeah. cancer is probably like the best example. Yeah. Of, like, the two hundred like it. Yeah. No, I think that's. I think but, you're right yeah, about no. that. They're they're also really good at finding the right note to end stuff on. Like, oh, yeah. one other thing before we transition into the second half uh, is that I, I was caught off guard because this show actually uses cutaways in this first season. They stopped doing that. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, like they, I mean, they it was in the it was probably in the air at the time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like the cutaways you know, just... are animated and they are in the Family Guy art style. Yeah, and they they set them all up by that was crazier than the time I blanked, you know. And Peter is in but no, for they, some reason. Yeah. <laughs> they don't really use that anymore, which I think was smart because they start shifting more towards like high concept stuff as their budget increases. Yeah. Some of the high concept episodes are really fucking good. So I'm excited. Yeah, and we'll get we'll get to the rest of the season eventually. Yeah, I think whenever we get tired, or like really like too tired to do another McFarland season, we can, we'll come back to this. Yeah. Anyways, um, but that's gonna do it. I think we all agree though. This is a good season of TV. For sure, I would I would um, watch this all over again. And it's we're only just getting started. <laughs> See you in the next half, everyone. Yeah. Alright, we're back, and we're going to start with the pilot of the show, The Gang Gets Racist. Go for Andy, it, Andy. You, you sound like you had a lot to say, so <laughs> go for it. Okay, so, open. Spencer, you, you do cutaways, you know I'm bad, or you do the synopsis. Yeah, you know or the plot synopsis. Alright, so, the plot of it is, the, is that, basically, Sweet D's crush comes to the bar, and he's yeah. black. And, and black man named Mac, Charlie, and Dennis yeah. act real, yeah, so they act really weird about it. And, uh, Terrell is smart, so he helps them get customers for the, um, bar, since the bar never has anyone in it. Meanwhile, Charlie and Mac go to Penn State to try and make black friends, basically. And, yeah, work Uh, up, work up, like, get college people to come to the bar and also to meet black people and become friends with them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mac is very insistent on it. Charlie is kind of nonchalant about it because he's mostly hung up that the waitress thinks he's racist. Yeah. So Mac is pissed because he immediately botches it. Uh, Charlie (laughs) does extremely well. He is a Domino's uh, hustler. And immediately gets a date. What is it? What is it from one of the African-American students there? Meanwhile, the gang realizes that the crowd that Terrell has attracted is uh, gay, basically. They've become a gay bar. Yeah. And Terrell himself they is all have conflicting yeah. yeah they have conflicting opinions on it because Mac is morally objected to it D is mad that uh, she's not getting any money in tips and that Terrell is gay so she can't get any you know attention from him meanwhile Charlie's fine with it because they're making a ton of money and Dennis is happy with it because he's getting hit on by gay guys yeah and he um, is the he is an extremely vain person yeah basically what happens is is that D and Mac try to get him blackout drunk, Dennis blackout drunk, so they can, like, stage it so, like, he hooked up with some gay guys. 
He gets blackout drunk, but then he accidentally does hook up with gay guys. <laughs> Meanwhile, Charlie uses uh, Charlie uses his date to prove to the waitress that he's not racist, but that does not go well. Mac, what is it? I forget what Mac does in it, but he just goes like hardcore racist in it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, no, so that's it, and uh. Yeah, no, it's basically a hit. It hits the ground running. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so I, I guess I'll start with uh, the thing is, I, I like both the gay and the racism aspects of this episode. I just don't think they connect well as yeah. you guys do. I, no, I, I agree with you on that a lot. Um, I, I think that the gay aspect is the stronger aspect and that it, it feels yes, almost like the, the racist aspect was like made to fill in the cracks, you know? And I yeah. like the ending. Yeah. With, with the boyfriend, but I feel like if they had just focused on the gay stuff, this episode would have been so much tighter. They, uh, I think I, that I, with the African-American stuff, they might have been a little worried about... I mean, obviously they wanted to offend people, but I think they were, like, trying to be smart and careful about it. So they might not have been as, like, bloodthirsty as they get in later seasons. Yeah. Basically, one thing It's Always Sunny is really good at is doing offensive stuff without being offensive. Because yes. these characters are idiots and naturally well, offensive. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's something that we maybe should have talked about in the beginning, but I think it's a useful conversation, which is that a, a lot of people dismissed the show, uh, notably on the morning of recording this, uh, Spencer tried <laughs> to start a beef with someone who was like, if you're a guy who doesn't watch Always Sunny, you know, I'll suck your dick, which... Because there are a lot of assholes who like this show because it's about a bunch of shitheads, but the show does a really good job and I think puts a lot of effort into making sure that the gang is always, with no, like, a very few notable exceptions, the gang is always the butt of the joke. Like, the joke is not that, like, it's fun to make fun of black people or gay people. The, The joke is that these, you know, four, later five people are, like, the most comically awful people in Philadelphia and that the ways in which they exploit the people around them and eventually fail because of it are funny in a, and of themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. I, I remember there was an interview decent, with Glenn. Yeah. Yeah, there was an interview with Glenn Howerton where he was, like, outlining, like, for the show, he's like, you know, he was just like, yeah, how do you not, like, you know, get in trouble for this stuff? And he's like, well, very simple. We make sure that the gang always loses, basically. And we make yeah. sure that the gang, that they're the bad guys. Without learning any single reasonable lesson. They just fucking yeah. get on. Yeah. And on. And on. So, uh, yeah. What, what, yeah, I agree with you that the stuff doesn't connect quite as well in this. And I think that there's social commentary on, like, gay rights and, you know, racism. It would get smarter as it goes on. I, I think it's also that, like, I feel like Charlie's a bit too just, like, the show Generic. is aware that he's problematic, but isn't quite honed in on what West should be at this point, so they're just yeah. He's kind of generic. The wall yeah. a little bit. Yeah. He, he's a bit, he's a bit shittier and a bit, or like a, a bit, he, he's maybe like, he's a bit more of a dirtbag than the rest of the gang, but he's also like kind of kinder in a bit, but he, he is the one what who they, I think yeah, they know they, the they, least with, they, or like, what to do with. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they want to try and make him a little more sympathetic, I think, but they also, like, make him a little worse. Like, it's, I think it's that I feel like they don't, I think it's that they, they don't, they don't quite punish him in the right way. Consistent, and it doesn't feel as earned. I think that with Charlie, they, what they figure out later on is that he's like, you know, he's insane and wild, but they give him, like, a actually really tragic backstory as the show goes on, and they're like, like, he has a genuine, like, they, like, he's like, you have a genuinely really sad life story, and he's probably the one of the gang that's just, like, has the closest thing to a heart 
he's he's still like like a shitty fucked up child. But and you you get that, but they don't quite. No, I I agree with that. It's not really until like the Nightman stuff where they figure him out fully. Um, do we have anything else to add about this episode other than I laughed really hard at it? (laughs) It's a very funny episode. Yeah, yeah. There's there was a point where uh, Caitlin Olsen near the beginning is like trying really hard not to laugh while they're filming the scene visibly. Same thing with Charlie Kelly at some point, I think. By like, the way, one of the most fun things you can do is just look up bloopers for Always Sunny because they are, it, it is incredible that they are able to get through these lines with a straight face and watching them break is like hilarious. <laughs> like even yeah, more no, so than most bloopers. Yeah, and again, I think I like this season a lot and I'm overly nice to it because there is a really good scrappy low budget charm to it where you see these like people trying desperately not to just goof off you don't know they have such and good do- like conversational rhythm too like yeah. they can just nail how to do these exchanges and oh, that's God. another fun thing is- as I told you guys this episode would just be me raving about the show I was just going to say that if you, like, when you watch the bloopers, you see that, like, when they do multiple takes of a line, like, pretty much for every line, they will, like, change up the delivery, which is not uncommon in a comedy, but, like, it, it really shows that, like, they are they are getting into the rhythm of the lines in a way that really helps the conversational aspects, I think. Mm. Also, uh, I wanted to mention this here. For a sitcom, this show is extremely well-directed. They get, like, good directors for how to, like... I like a lot of the driving scenes in this scene. Yeah, but they, like, know where to put the camera. They know how to do visual comedy. It's just... This is, like, my formalist nerd stuff, but this show is really well-blocked, so... There, I said it. That's my the yeah, gayest thing I'll say all day. Yeah, why don't you on your fucking yeah. rake sideshow, Bob? Yeah. Anyways, want to move on to uh, Gun Fever? Sure. I think this is probably, like, the most, like, traditional sitcom episode of the season, but I think it kind of works for that. Uh, yeah. So, basic plot summary, uh, this is episode five of the season. Uh, five. Yeah, I said five. Uh, <laughs> basically, the gang's safe gets robbed out from, like, when none of them are at the bar. They kind of freak out. D is dating a new guy who kind of, you know, is like, you guys should stay safer. And when the cops don't do anything to help them, Mac and Dennis decide to buy a gun just in case, like, they need to use it. Charlie, who's having trouble with rent, uh, is at first skeptical of using the gun. But once Mac and Dennis kind of let him shoot some stuff, he gets the gun fever. Uh, He uses the gun to threaten his landlord, who is being very pushy on the rent. And then eventually Mac and Dennis try to hunt down Dee's boyfriend, who has both been teaching her how to shoot, which is something she's not comfortable with, and they suspect is the person who robs all the bars in Philadelphia because he, you know, gets close with a ra- uh, like a waitress or a bartender, then he learns where the safe is and, you know, gets them to let their guard down, then he goes to steal the safe. So they confront him and he shows that he is carrying a gun. They basically let it slip that like, oh, we have more money in the cash register, thinking that he'll come and try to steal it. In reality, it is Charlie. Like, they wait at the bar for him to come. Charlie comes. Uh, Mac grazes him on the head with a bullet. He goes to the hospital. Dee tells him to get rid of the gun. And then when she's gone, the three of them basically say, there's no way we're getting rid of the gun. And then uh, we learn that Dee's boyfriend really did rob them because he's doing it again while they're at the hospital. So something I, I kind of want to ask about, because I never really got a good feel for it this season are there any like super reoccurring characters? Because I think this yeah. is the, the waitress, the McCoyles, yes. um, Uncle Jack to an extent. Uh, Does Charlie's uh, Charlie's landlord come back? Not really. I think so. 
He, I mean, he, I'm not sure like, he makes appearances. He's not, yeah, like a recurring character. Yeah. Charlie's mom is a recurring character. Yep. Um, no, there's a extensive side cast that, they're uh, not as Ricky, good as the gang, but like. Yeah. Ricky yeah. Cricket is a big one. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, there is a really big supporting cast and a lot of them show up here. But, See, I, no, I'm surprised uh, that you say that because actually I thought that it was pretty few of them like have actual big roles in this season. I think that's not that's something that kind of crystallized later because I mean the waitress definitely you get a lot of, but I mean you get yeah. what McPoyle's once you get Charlie's mom once you don't even yeah. get Cricket at all. Um, yeah, like I I just wanted to say that like yeah yeah you're right, but also like I was just surprised to see so many of them sure. at first because usually takes more time for them to start popping up. Oh, um, I forgot Artemis is in this. Yeah, group. no, she shows up. Yeah, Artemis. I love Artemis. Artemis is so great. Anyways, uh, do we have anything more to say about Gun Fever other than it's a really uh, good episode? I really like the 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 fake out they do with the boyfriend. I'm kind of sad he doesn't return anymore because I liked him as a character. <laughs> I like how horny Charlie gets for guns, or everyone gets <laughs> yeah, for guns. In this they get episode. the Gun Fever. It took five episodes to get to the guys just going, let's do vigilante justice. That sounds yeah. like a great idea that we'd be good at. Yeah. Well, the I ultimate mean, American dumb guy idea. Yeah, not to yeah. get too, like, whatever political, but, like, yeah, there is something very real about three kind of not very powerful kind of disenfranchised guys getting really into a gun. No. Otherwise, um, I honestly don't have yeah. too, too much else to say about this. Um, I think yeah. it's I think it's a really solid episode, though. Yeah, it's it's tight and consistent. I, I just looked it up, and Huang isn't in the show until season nine. Anyways, um, so let's do. Yeah, all right, so we'll go to the last one. The last episode we're going to talk about is Charlie got cancer, or Charlie has cancer. Now, I said earlier that the show is really good at being offensive, <laughs> but without being offensive. Like they're sensitive towards yeah. issues and are able to, you know, kind of do their own thing, but also, like, not get in trouble for it. But there is an exception, and it's this episode. They did not know how to handle a trans character, which, no. you know, it's it's 2004. It's right. I, I can let things slide. To be honest, both the fact that the trans character Carmen comes back and she's handled extremely well in the future, and the fact that she's just, like, a cool and chill person in this episode, even if they kind of do the, you know, oh, you know, she has a dick thing for yeah. laughs a lot this season. It makes it go down easier, but they do fuck up in this episode yeah. a good amount regarding No, it. I, I think, and they do, um, yeah, they also, they bring her back later. She's, you know, better later, uh... But they do have a weird thing where it's like she acts pretty much exactly like a man, but with the notable exception of her penis, she is like, well, you know, she sounds and looks exactly like a cis woman. It's it's a very yeah. weird conception of what a trans person is. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Also, uh, yeah. she they they so when uh, when when it is revealed that uh, she hooked up with. Mac, uh, Dennis confronts him and says, gross, you know, really, that's really gross, dude. And Charlie, or not Charlie, uh, Mac is like, you know, she's gonna get removed. And, uh, Spencer started crying at that. <laughs> yeah, that's why I saved this episode for last, because yeah. I knew you'd have some good, good yeah. little jabs at me. Um, so, I, w I want to say something kind of, kind of sucked. Outside of this episode being really disgustingly transphobic, like, this is really good. Like, that's the thing. There is a really, everything that is not the transphobia, I think, is really solid and really clicked with me. That's the like, opposite of our show. This was the moment when the show really yeah. started clicking for me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I still, I have a couple, yeah, I have some reservations about, like, it feels like 
they are doing a lot of the stuff in this episode out of the goodness of their heart, with the exception of with the exception of Charlie, but, which feels out of character. But once they're you doing know it in a really fucking stu- in the stupidest way. Yeah, it's way stupid possible, and it's selfish, which but I like, like. Yeah. It, it is not as stupid and selfish as I am accustomed to the show being. But other than that, I yeah. I think this episode is yeah really when stuff starts to like coagulate and like start working yeah. as a whole. Like even even and like even the transphobic stuff you know, kind of works out in the end because they have Mac accidentally punch her and then the guys go, hey, that's a hate crime! And then they start attacking them, which got got a laugh out of me. Which is funny because Philly guys are known for really defending people who are, you know, victims of hate crimes. (laughs) Hey, this fucking guy attacked a trans woman! Let's get him! Hey, Um, yo, this guy's being fucking tranny-phobic! I'm gonna go fucking break his head in. yeah. Being tranny phobic, um, yeah, the Philly fuck are love... you? Um, um, uh, black? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, they. I think that Carmen is sort of a missed opportunity. and They do fix her that... when she comes back. Yeah, but like, I think yeah. if they had conceptualized her like in 2015, right. they would have cast yeah. like a trans actress and like it would have been like a really, really like. I don't know, a much funnier character. But anyways, if I can just briefly mention the plot of this episode is that Charlie says he has cancer, but it's eventually revealed that he's faking it. What is it just to get sympathy from the waitress? They sort of comes back at him because the waitress wasn't sympathetic enough to him. So they had to pay her to have sex with him, but she didn't have sex with him. She just hung out with him. Yeah. And, um... (laughs) Which is funny because uh, Charlie was happy about that until Dennis said... We paid her to have sex with Yeah. Him. Like, he he would have been fine just yeah, having he was a date cool. with the waitress. Meanwhile, Mac dates the trans woman, and his friends are grossed out by it, but he's like, yeah, she's awesome, and then he accidentally hits her, and has yeah. to run away, because the the guy, the two guys in Philly who don't care about transphobia, or who actually do care about transphobia, are mad. Spencer was, trans- in the big guy, Spencer was in his belly piloting and, like, crying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, no, but I think, again, it is a really solid episode, and they... The waitress, I think, is... I don't know if they ever really fully figure out what to do with her, but... No, not really. She does... She gets more of a fun presence here because she's less just, like, the perpetually creeped-on woman and more just, like, a bit of, like, just a shallow opportunist, basically. Yeah, which... Um, she's is, a, It works, yeah. but yeah, they never... She is never as, I think, like, three-dimensional as some of the other... I mean, obviously yeah. the gang, but also you, some of the other supporting characters. Yeah. How do you feel about Artemis? I love episode? Artemis. She, she's, she's great. She didn't really do too much for me. She was, like, her part in the season was like, I could take it or leave it, but I have nothing against her. She's just you is the problem. That's why no, you don't like her. I'm skinny. <laughs> she's, I'm not a thick she's just a th- No, she's a theater nerd. Um, also, I'm better at acting. Anyways. <laughs> that's fair. Sure. Um, I am. You've never seen me. Anyways. Are, are you telling me that uh, you weren't, be- you were being sincere when, uh, you know, you were insult- or you weren't being sincere when you were insulting Spencer all those times, then? No, that was, I mean, that was real. I wasn't, I wasn't, what, I, I, what is, what I, I, is, yeah. to do what bit. is the point you're making here? I'm trying, I'm trying to make a bit about, like, you were acting oh. about the, that being, like, I, I don't Hey, know. Andy, <laughs> Andy, leave, leave the jokes to the professionals. No, I'm wow. joking. I'm joking. Look, I've been doing this, I've been doing this for five months. At this point, I am a professional podcaster. Okay, um, um, otherwise any- I don't have too much... You know what I, I do want to add before we sign off? I think the show works a lot better when the characters are in their 30s. Because I think 
when they're like in their late twenties, it feels like real people could be doing this, and that 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 adds friction to the show that I do not think helps it. And that's I think the Fra- that's where Frank helps because Frank's like really old, especially in later seasons. Yeah. So yeah, he, yeah. there's like even. There is some insane cognitive dissonance with the character where this guy who's, like, a senior citizen is just, like, crawling nude out of a couch or whatever. But also, like, um, it is, I think it is funnier and also, like, easier to to dismiss, like, the, the actual consequences of if it's, like, a 35-year-old man chilling with high schoolers as opposed to, like, a 28-year-old, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, it, it, it's... So what you're saying is... The more problematic the age gaps, the funnier the show. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, not that specifically, but yes, yeah. Um, it also helps they become more obvious losers the older they get. Yeah. Like Matt, like part of Dennis's character is that he has like good looks, basically, and he doesn't like lose that a lot. But like as he gets older, there's more of a difference between his imagined self and what he actually is. Yeah. So there's a bunch of stuff there. Mostly, um, I, I think the thesis that we take, or that, that that you should take from this episode is that this is still a phenomenal season of television. It is a different beast altogether than later seasons of Always yeah. Sunny, and, and the I, later seasons are what we prefer. At least yeah, the two of us who forward. Forward. But this isn't, yeah. this isn't bad at and all, I, though. And I look forward to discovering that, the, what this beast becomes uh, with yeah. you guys. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm so excited to see someone discover such classics as, uh, you know, Milk Steak and the <laughs> Jersey Shore. Yeah. Um, and obviously, like, Dayman, you mentioned earlier, but that is, yeah. I think, the biggest thing to come out of the show. Also, I cannot wait for Andy to, I, I want to hear Andy's take on Cricket. That's going to be amazing. Cricket, the implication. Yeah. Yes. Um, the implication is the show's like through the looking glass moment. It's uh... a <laughs> the magnum condom, the magnum condom for the monster dong. Is like, yeah. Yeah. There, there are so many things that I cannot wait to see Andy react to. Anyways, um, that's gonna do it though, uh, folks. Yeah. Thank you for coming yeah. on vacation with us. This was a much needed spiritual cleanse for us. You know, even if you didn't or weren't really interested in hearing us talk about like a good show. And I know this kind of breaks the concept of the show, but we needed to do this. And I think that when we come back next week for Family Guy, we'll be a lot more energized and... Yeah, hopefully. As energized well, as one can be. hopefully if season 14 doesn't kill us first. Um, yeah. Anyway, anyway, thanks for sticking with us. Yeah, it's been a weird schedule, but I mean, and yeah. if you're listening to this, we're glad that you are along for the ride. Yeah. Yep. Give us five stars on iTunes. Also, uh, yeah. also, we have no idea when we're going to do this again, so, yeah. you know. Yeah. Basically, when, when our episode turns into a therapy session, that's when we are like, yeah. okay, maybe we do another funny <laughs> episode. Yeah. All right, but that's going to do it. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, uh, later. All right, folks. So, as as I mentioned in the opening, we needed a break, and we decided to talk about possibly. Ty, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm singing. Oh, she's singing "Amazing Grace." Okay. Well, anyways, we.
we we watched it's always sunny in philadelphia season one and it's a really good season despite being the first episode of ty ty i'm going to drive to philadelphia and kill you i, I can mute her I just realized, God, this bit sucks. Um, Let's just start talking about it. Yeah. Can I just say, if if we're recording this and using this as a bit, so we can we don't have to use that. Can um, I just say it's it? Yeah, I, I can. You I know can, what? I'll put I that at say... the end. How about like after yeah. the okay. end? Sure, whatever. Um, so 